2: Hello everybody, I'm John Parker and this is BJ
3: Thompson and
2: this is the Build a Better Us podcast. Today we are talking about career recharge, recharge. right? Yeah, career <coughs>
3: recharge. <coughs>
2: yeah, when that battery's low and that 9 to 5 ain't getting it, sometimes you gotta, you know, let the door hit them where the good Lord split them, um, and walk up out of that joint. Maybe. BJ may say something else. He may have some other type of uh, uh, information for you, but you know what? I'm going to be bad cop, so handle that.
3: Yeah, so today we're talking career recharge. And what do you do when you get to a place in your professional life where you stuck? You don't know if this is a good fit. Um, you don't know if you need to become an entrepreneur. Uh, you need to apply for a new job. You need to go back to school. You need to do something. Whatever you got to do, you got to get out of the house, right? So... Let's just talk about career recharge and what can we do practically or or how do you even know that it's time for you to do some recharge? So yeah, open us up, JP. Give us an open this illustration. There was a
2: gentleman. There is a gentleman. And I hate that he gets so much shine on this show, but it's just easy, uh, especially when I'm doing the illustration because that's how my brain works. But there was a young man, uh, LeBaron J- 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 Jahamis. What's his name? Uh, LeBaron J- Jahamis?
3: J- what's his name? <laughs> <laughs> you mean LeBron James?
2: Yeah, 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 that guy. That guy. LeBron
3: James. Yeah, LeBron James. Yes, LeBron James. James. Yes,
2: LeBron James. Uh, there was a time that he played for the Cleveland Cavaliers. He did two stints with them, but the first time around, supposedly he was tired of dragging his team to the playoffs or whatever excuses uh, Jahamas fans have. And he, you know, said, you know what? I'm going to have a press conference. I'm going to let the world know that I'm moving on. And because he couldn't get the personnel around him that he wanted, because he was tired of working so hard and whatever else he had to do when he was doing his thing as a professional athlete uh, in the city of Cleveland, he decided to tell his job, his boss, and the city that he was out of there. Um, Yeah, he did it on national television. Nobody knew it was coming. The boss didn't know. Fans didn't know. And they rioted in the streets, but Ooh. you know what? It was Is that time. when they
3: burned his jersey?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh
3: yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, the, it was the, bad.
2: Yeah, yeah, Good. yeah. They had a right. I mean, they had a riot. So he was fed up, and the way he felt about going, <laughs> going about handling his business was to just uh, give him the two fingers, and he and he got out of there. It was time for their recharge.
3: Yeah, you know what's what's crazy about it when when that happened, I remember thinking, oh, it won't be that bad, you know, because he said, I think in the interview. That he was taking his talents to South Beach. Did he say that, or was that? I listen. Something-
2: I, I definitely didn't watch it, but that is the going. That is the going. Uh, the South Beach. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, was.
3: Yeah. I, I'm taking my talents to South Beach, and yeah, I remember when he said it. He announced it because his coach or his owner, I think, um, was it Dan Gilbert? Is that the owner? I think so. Yeah, sounds about yeah, right. Got on television and said, "We'll, we'll, we'll win the championship before you will." And you remember that? I do. They went on TV and showed their, you know, true identity, right? Um, And yeah, you're right. So, and and what's interesting about it is you didn't know that LeBron was doing it, but you kind of thought he needed to do something um, differently than what he did or what he was doing because of the fact of how hard he was working to just get them to the playoffs. And so you're right. Um, This idea of career recharge, sometimes you have to decide. And there could be real consequences for it, just like in the case of, you call him, LeBron, what'd you call him? Uh,
2: uh, what was it? Uh, Laban Johannes? Laban. Lay- Laban
3: <laughs> In the case of Laban Jahannes, right? Jahannes. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. There could be consequences for it. And so, yeah, so I guess uh, and just by way of opening up and just, you know, being very transparent with the audience, What's the time when I realized I needed a career charge? Um, I was talking about talking to my wife about this the other day. In undergrad, i worked a lot of jobs. Worked as a bus driver. You know, I worked in mental health.
2: Bus driver? Wait, I don't know if I know about the bus driver one. Hey, <laughs> you
3: laughing? Hold on, hold on. Listen, you got jokes. <laughs> was it the short yard right? or the city? Nah, 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 not, <laughs> that, not that one. If you have any issues with any of these jokes. Make sure you email C. John Roar. Who was telling uh, jokes? Uh-huh. I was asking you what bus you drove. I don't understand. Nah, listen. Listen, don't worry about that. If you have any problem, you feel like on this show there's a lack of sensitivity on any area, make sure you email C. John Roar at gmail.com, and he will respond. Yes, to that. So, and how he um, spelled it
2: is B-J. <laughs> <laughs> Thompson,
3: <laughs> build a better us. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> Um, but I was I was telling her about um, a job that I was working when I um, used to answer the phone. I was on a, uh, in a call center. And, you know, every day I would go to the call center and I would sit on the phone um, and I would call people doing surveys, okay?
2: Oh, okay. I thought this was going Probably, to be a different type of call center. It was no, like A mail no, no, hotline.
3: For no, 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 no. no, 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 no. It's not your, this is my story, not your <laughs> you're story. Right, you're, right, right? you're right. You're right. Um, and so I'm I'm sitting there and JP, I kid, kid you not, Four to six hours a day, what we do, we get in, put on our headset, um, sit in our cubicle. And this is when cubicles were big, right? This is before, you know, research, Google, all this stuff was blowing up, where you would have to go sit in a cubicle for hours at a time, looking at a screen, talking on the phone with a headset, right? And I never forget sitting there for, you know, weeks, months, and then I think a little bit more over a year. And JP, I finally snapped. I couldn't do it anymore. Right? Uh, it's overwhelming. Like, you know, just the idea of sitting in a cubicle every single day with no break started driving me out of my mind, right? And, you know, the, the idea is of what it meant and and who I was becoming was not compatible. But here's the thing. I didn't know what to do. um, And I literally um, needed some type of change, but I needed the change, right? Yeah. (laughs) Did you
2: miss that? I got it. No,
3: I got it. I I needed some change, Uh but I needed the change. Yes, sir. Okay? And, you know, when I look at it now, JP, I was drained every single day and you know, I was going to this job every single day, and I would dread the idea um, of going because it literally was killing me, okay? And I think I eventually got fired or something of that sort. So, yeah, so, uh, you know, when I think about a career drain, I think about that, that here I was, a person of high energy, high influence, high service, all these different things, and I'm stuck in a cubicle, Keeping me from being what I'm supposed to be. So yeah, well, give us a time when you were in a career drain, JB. Yeah, um,
2: without having to risk uh, prosecution, um, I done. was in a job uh, where I often would get attacked by people's other other people's children, um, and it was a job where I was just simply helping them, you know dress themselves, fixing the meals, taking them to doctors' appointments and things of that nature. That didn't require me to have to be mean or do anything. I just had to assist them. Uh, Uh, And very often, for whatever reasons, these children uh, would curse at me and my coworkers, fight, punch, slap,
3: spit at. You know. Did you ever get slapped? Did somebody, Rick Jack? I'm Rick Jack. What the five fingers say to the face? Nah, they (laughs) do better than that one.
2: But I did see my supervisor get stabbed, so that was kind of. Was, oh, was, no, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, <laughs> go
3: the, ahead, carry uh, on. Go ahead.
2: So um, it got to the point where I had PTSD and I would have like for real symptoms of like restlessness. I couldn't sleep. I would have nightmares. Uh, I would get anxious on my way in. Uh, and the the straw that kind of broke the camel's back was, is there a better analogy than that?
3: Like the, the straw? No, no. And, we, most of us, ain't never even rode a camel. So I don't even know, know. when you said the straw. Right, That broke his back. Go ahead. I mean, I had to carry some pretty on. strong, and, strong straw, right? Because camel's backs are pretty. You know what I'm saying? Like they, been yeah. And, and, and side note, PETA would have got involved in that. So, yeah. go carry on. Go huh. ahead. Okay,
2: go ahead. just thinking out loud. Sorry, uh,
3: sorry, animal lovers. Go carry yeah. on. Yeah. JP.
2: So basically, um, one day, uh, a particular um, <laughs> person that was, um, you know, we we had a good rapport, good relationship. Uh said person was wilding out. Uh, me and my supervisor had to apply a restraint. Uh he looked at my supervisor, looked at me, and decided to spit on me.
3: Ooh. And, and like th- a looky spit or just like
2: I, I don't Juice know. from your you, mouth. I don't, I don't. I'm not trying to not to get triggered, bro. So I'm trying to give you oh, as vague as details as I can without reliving sorry. the experience.
3: But you gotta give enough uh, In a person of interest, in a
2: yeah, yeah. Because I'm trying not <laughs> to relive. place.
3: <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry.
2: I would like not to relive the experience completely. Is that okay sorry. with you? Yes, sir. Okay, thank yes, you. Sir. So, said person spits upon me, whether it was a, a loogie or just regular saliva. The hand that wasn't of uh, asphyxiating said person against the wall, uh, cocked back involuntarily. And before I could punch said person through the back of their head, my hand opened up. I think it was the grace of God. The spirit moved upon me and it became like a very light, like, like mushing as opposed to a full blown punch. And it was at that moment I said, oh, yeah, I can't do this no more because that would have cost me all kind of legal troubles. It probably would have cost me my job. Um, it probably would have had something on my record saying that I couldn't work with you know uh, uh, certain populations anymore, and this would have been a bad look. And so thankfully, by the hair on the chinny, chin, the hair on the, oh, gosh. See, you got me stressed. My... No, no, you got me stressed, bro. <laughs> I was trying to be very light, and then you want me to give all these extra details, and it's got me, no, it's got me somewhere I don't need to be. Listen, you want me
3: to finish up the story for you?
2: I'll you finish the story you? for you for myself. Okay. okay. I quit the I quit the job. All right. I quit the job. I had enough. I turned in my keys and I never returned. All right. Send me my check. It was time to
3: recharge. Yeah. So yeah, so very traumatic story. Sorry about that, JP. Sorry to have to relive that. Um, um you guys be make sure you send JP.
2: Don't send me also. nothing. Don't send me nothing. I don't uh-huh. send to nobody <laughs> listen. You and your friends. Listen
3: those angry emails about inappropriate comments. Send a man some love, right? Send him some shout out. Give him some love. Just say, hey, JP, we see you, right? Um, Send me some of so the talking, Send me something to cash app. We, We're talking about these career retards. I, I think that, you know, culturally, um, just to, to pivot just a little bit, where we are in the world is very interesting as it relates to career and culture. And I think what I mean by that is, JP, you remember growing up, you know, people getting what they call a 30-year watch. You remember that? You mm-hmm. get a Rolex yeah. after being somewhere for 30 years. Yeah, yeah. And it's because you stay. Like, you started something and you finished it. You start in this one place and then you finish all the way into your retirement with this one company. And I think that what what's happened over time is, you know, that was a big deal. And that was kind of how we went about it in the world, especially as it, as it relates to work. Nowadays, I think I heard an average that people are in position or careers or jobs, not, maybe not the career, but a job from anywhere from three to five years, maybe less. And so you don't know, you don't have the expectation. And so where I see us as a culture as it relates to career, I think that maybe for the first time, the pathway to doing what you want to do um, long term isn't as clear anymore. I think it's very foggy and um, it's very uncertain and it's filled with a lot of pitfalls and it's filled with a lot of challenges and it's filled with a lot of things that many people who have come before us just have not had to experience. And we just get stuck. I I mean, I hear people all the time saying that they're stuck and they believe this and they believe that. And so, you know, as we look at this career drain, You know, a lot of people are starting to realize that the thing that they thought they went to school for, they loved or they went to trade, you know, school for, it is not um, satisfying. And they don't know because people really want to be satisfied. So I would just say my first observation on career drain and why we're drained is I just think it's uncertain. I just think that things are not as simply put as they once were. And you're not gonna get the gold Rolex. You may get the your pay stub, but that's pretty much it. So, yeah, JP, what do you think? How where do you see us? I guess as a culture, as it relates to work, where are we? And then how do we get drained? And how do we get to this point?
2: I mean, I'll be very frank with you. Um, You can call me Frank for the rest of the show. Thank you,
3: Frank. Yes.
2: Um, our parents failed us. Our education system failed us, uh, and we failed ourselves. Um, And I'll give you a little bit on each of those. So, our parents whether they knew, you know, in, in most situations, our parents didn't know that, Hey, (laughs) well, not even that, like, Hey, this watch thing, like, you know what I'm saying? My dad, you know, we're one generation, literally one generation out of the retire someplace. You know what I'm saying? So the information I was getting from dad was like, Hey, don't lift anything heavier than a pencil, which I appreciate and stay out of jail. Right. So career wise, it was like, don't lift anything heavier than a pencil, whatever you decide to do, just don't use your back for a living. You know what I mean? Which was fine. That's that's great advice. Like, I appreciate that. But it didn't speak to like my desires, my likes, what I was really good at. Like, you know what I'm saying? He left that he left me to figure that out, which wasn't I'm, I'm not no shade. I'm just saying there wasn't a lot of like, let me do some career development with my son to see where he needs to be and what he needs to do. You know what I'm saying? So his thing was like, just don't do what I'm doing. I'm like, all right, cool. I can do that. Um, and then my mom, you know, go to school you know, major whatever you want to major in. I just want to make sure you're happy and that you're out of the streets. You know what I mean? So it was kind of like, all right, well, I'll figure this out when I get here. But she was also another, I'm being at this place 30 years and I'll retire type of situation. And so on some end, because they couldn't predict which way the job market was going, again, it wasn't their fault, but they didn't, they just didn't think to do that type of thing, you know, for me. And I think a lot of people's parents will fall into that same place, right? So parents fail. Then uh, school systems if you go to public school system for sure they're still teaching you to be worker bees right you may have some schools maybe charter schools and maybe some very forward-thinking public schools that have good like uh people in place for our staff and administration they may have like specialty things and, and things they have in place to kind of guide you in your career but they're still teaching worker bees like there's factories around like there's caves for you to mine in like that those things are still the way in which schools teach us you know what i'm saying so they failed us. And then college, hey, take a bunch of loans to major in something that's still useless. And when you come out, you'll have a, you know, on, criminal justice
3: degree. All right,
2: right, 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 right. You have
3: a criminal justice degree,
2: right? Go ahead. And then you have a 50 year mortgage that you can't sleep in. You know what I'm saying? At least if you buy a house for 30 years, you're in debt, cool, but uh, you can't sleep on a, a school loan mattress, bro. Like it don't work. And then the system at, you know, at large, like we've been taught this idea to get into debt, to get a degree, to do whatever, to blah, blah, blah. Uh, then at the end of that, you come out with nothing. And so, for us, we fail ourselves because we find ourselves in this dead-end situation. And it's either because we have golden handcuffs, which means we bought a bunch of stuff that we have to keep paying for, the car, the house, the boat, the whatever, motorcycles. And so, we have these golden handcuffs. Like They they look nice because they're golden, but they're still handcuffs at the end of the day. And so, we have to keep being slave to these careers that we don't want and things that we don't want to do because we have to pay for things. Or... Like you were saying, you had, you know, you had a lot of job opportunities and a lot of different things you did, but you were just doing those things to make ends meet Um, because you didn't have a real direction. No shade on you. I'm just saying like. Nah, listen, I was a poor college kid. Go ahead. That's what I'm saying. So it wasn't, you know, just trying to figure it out. You know what I'm saying? I was being polite. I was being frank, but I wasn't being mean, Frank. Thanks, Frank. All right. So, yeah. (laughs) So, you know, parents failed us. System school failed us. And we fail ourselves when we get stuck in these ruts and and don't listen to the Build Build a Better Us podcast to figure out how to get out of that hole.
3: Yeah. So, what's interesting about that? You, you mentioned how we teach um, school, and you know, I was I was thinking about this. Did I tell y'all I almost flunked out of college because of algebra? Can I tell you this. You you probably did, but I want to hear it again. You wasn't even. I, 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 I'm gonna say it again. <laughs> Go ahead, and tell me again. How you almost flunked. <laughs> Yo. So what? So what's crazy about it is? So I went to you know undergrad, University of North Texas undergrad, and. You know, I was already a struggling student. Well, once I started getting myself together um, and learning my learning style, you know, all the things you know, the things that you talk about on the Build a Better Us podcast will change your life. Make sure you go to buildabetterus.com, click that link uh, to get involved, uh, and pick your life coach. Um, all those things that the life coaches talk about, you know, I had just finally started gradually figuring out. And JP, so one of the classes that I had been dreading and avoiding for the longest was college algebra. Right. Every time I would take it, I would have somebody from another country. No shade on anybody from another country teaching algebra.
2: Yes, we need you.
3: But I I was struggling so much in the subject. um, I needed to to hear, you know, clear dialect, um, clear teaching and instruction in my own dialect. Right. And you know, as I was as I was getting closer to graduation, I kept avoiding it. Well. Finally, dang I forgot all about this story. <laughs> Finally, yeah, relive it, relive it, bro. Go ahead, relive uh, it. Let me just relive it. So so long story short, I flunked algebra four times. Oh. <laughs> and I'm in the process of graduating from school. <laughs> is that funny, JV? Nope. <laughs> you laughing? Oh. Nope. Uh, you Not laughing at, at this? Not at all. I'm at One the end. Three times Four, four times. times. This, is, this is a true story. So I actually flunk it four times, drop out, flunk it four times, blah blah. Well you have to take college algebra on any um, career plan. I mean, any any degree plan. There's no way you can get out without doing it. And I finally finished it um, at a community college, my very last time to take it. And JP, this is no lie. I walked into the final with a 69.7, bro. That's how slim the margin was. You could not pass college algebra without a C minus or C plus. Can't remember what it was. Long story short. I went through this whole process of working every day to try to learn math, understand college algebra for almost for a whole year. Only to graduate from college and realize this. Since I've left school, I have not used college algebra one single time.
2: Yep. Yep. I believe
3: that story 100 percent. And so we talk about the school systems are failing us. What we mean by that is, in a lot of ways, many of the skills that you know are being put as a requirement for you to either graduate, for you to advance, uh, those skills that are being reinforced through tests, through projects, uh, through quizzes, the whole nine—they do not translate into real-time um, career skills, right? And it's disappointing because I got a calculator now, right? I look on my little phone. That's All I need is to add, multiply, and subtract. That's it. There are no other functions of what I need. I mean, occasionally I do some division on my phone, but that's it, right? And so I think one of the things that we just have to admit is that the education system in America, as we know, it needs to be revamped, right? You ever ask yourself, why don't we ever learn about real estate? Right. Why, why is it that, you know, we don't learn about stocks and bonds and how to actually trade? Um, why do we find ourselves in these situations, you know, where we have these student loan debts around these programs and careers that you don't even need a degree for? Right. Like being a real estate agent or being a person who works for the police department. You don't need a degree to do these things. And what you have to start admitting is that we have constructed a system around money that does not consider the person. So that when the person leaves out of the situation, they find themselves in much more despair and desperation than they do in any progress, right? And so I will echo what you're saying about, you know, the school systems are failing us. I'm not saying all school systems, but much of what we're learning um, does not equate. Um, to what we will actually need as we advance in our careers. So facts, facts. These are all facts. JP, what else? What What else you think keeps us drained or keeps us from really being able to advance in our career?
2: Having a boss. Uh, oh, so what this, do you,
3: what you mean? In the world that
2: we live in, in in these jobs that we have, as long as you have a boss, you're not free, all right? Um and again I'm not saying everybody needs to be an entrepreneur.
3: Dame Dash, you want some Dame Dash
2: right? <laughs> But I'm just saying that. Hey, as long as I you got a boss, my last name,
3: not my first. Go ahead. Hey.
2: I'm saying so like as long as you got as long as you have a boss, you're you're going to be a slave. And how that relates to you in your life, everything, everybody's situation is going to be different. But I'll give you an example of being free from a boss, right? So I have I have Currently I'm in a position, I've taken on a a job, um, just because I needed things to do, right? So uh the other day, um, my boss pulls me aside side and says, Hey, uh, did you put three hours on your timesheet the other day? And I was like, uh yeah. And they were like, uh, was that because you had the meeting with such and such? And I was like, uh yeah. It's like, oh, well, uh, you can't really do that because we can't justify paying you those extra hours because the clients that you saw uh the day before or whatever didn't really Justify you needing to be here another day, and I'm thinking to myself, well, I came here because we had a staff meeting, uh, and after the staff meeting, I had another meeting about an event that we're throwing as part of this job. You know what I mean so I'm like, oh, you re- really about to pull me into this office like I'm fifteen years old and talk to me about an hour and a half, one point five hours that I actually did work in, you know what I'm saying that I actually you know did paperwork and met with a person and all this other stuff, so I'm like, okay. Yeah, let me, we ain't friends and this is the job and I can't be tied to this place. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I was getting comfortable. I was like, you know what? I can do this. I can give up all my free time and all my private practice and all my freedoms that come with just being my own boss and throw it all away for this institution. And then I realized, you know, that was a, that was a nice little checkmate for me. Like, hey, hey, bro. Hey, you tripping. Uh, <laughs> You putting them shackles back on. Um, And so in that moment, you know, in my heart, I just had to fire my boss, you know, fire the institution and just take the good and the bad. But realized I can't stay there. This isn't my home. And I can't just accept this. You know, I could if I wanted to just lie out the pasture and just be done with life. But I realized like, nah, man, I I need a little bit more than this. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful for that. Thankful for that conversation. But it just reminded me like all the feelings and emotions I had in that moment where this person is trying to hit me up over 1.5 hours.
3: Yeah, I think uh, that's a great point. I, I think the one of the reasons why, in my opinion, we get career drained is that we're living out someone else's dream and not our own. And, and here's what I mean by that. Sometimes you can take jobs because of you know, money. Sometimes you can take a career because you've been pressured by your family. That you know, you've been told that your uncle was this, your daddy is this, and this is what you're going to be. Or you're in a certain institution, maybe a cult. Um, there's a leader there. You know, who said he's the embodied word. Uh, all, the, right, you know, all right, all right. Moving, uh, right, along. Moving <laughs> right along. Moving right along. Look, and he may need you to stay, you know, and because <laughs> because he needs you to stay in a certain part of the city. You know, he tells you that it is the will of the most high that you rule your family, keep yourself uh, in situations uh, that you don't change. So you just, you end up doing it, not because it's what you Believe you should do, you do it because you are seeking the approval of someone you admire, someone you respect, right? And so I think some of the career drain comes from us trying to live in the shadow of someone else's dream, not to embody the dream that we believe authentically we're supposed to have, right? And so, you know, you caught them the to golden to handcuffs and you know, you we've heard of this before. That someone goes and they say, "I want to make a lot of money, so I become a doctor and go through medical school, which is like what is it like twelve years? It's a long time. How uh, long do you go right. from start to finish? Long medical time. school? I don't a know. long time. I didn't do right. It. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. And shout out to our, our medical listeners uh, on on the podcast. You got it. But you but you realize that because you are you've gone through school, you've accumulated a hundred and eighty. Two hundred thousand dollars worth of debt. Now you got to pay that back, and now you got to take that job. And what do you call them? The golden handcuffs. Yep. Yeah, yep. Now you've created a lifestyle around, you know, making one hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand dollars a year, only to recognize that you're unhappy in that field. And so I think sometimes it's not just that uh, we're living out someone else's dream. I think sometimes we're living out of the wrong inspiration and motivation. Right, that career drain happens when you are trying to live out, you know, a profession out of one thing that you really just want, but has nothing to do with the thing you really love. Right.
0: This episode is brought to you in part by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, which prepares Christian women for leadership. At Bow, we believe that every woman is a leader because she influences someone
3: drain. How do we get drained? How do we get to the place where we get drained?
2: Not feeling fulfilled in your work. I know as a man becomes problematic. I think women have the ability to endure things a little bit longer because they're like, yo, I got to work because I got things I got to do. I got bills I got to pay. And they're thinking, like most of the time they say men think logically, but I think women think logically when it comes to work because they're like, no, there's a goal, there's a desired thing, there's family, there's whatever that needs to be taken care of. They may... Uh, stick through something a little bit longer, just like they do in relationships. Right? Relationship, right? Same thing. Just like
3: they do it in relationships. Same concept, right? And so, right.
2: dudes are like, "Nah, this is not a challenge. I don't like this anymore. I'm getting antsy." And when you're just there and you're just staying there, it could become a burden, and it, it it causes that battery
3: to drain. Got it. Got it. Yeah, um. So so basically, what I'm hearing you say is that um, a lot of this drain, what also contributes to drain, is the fact that you know you stay places longer than what you should. Listen. It is possible to be doing what you're supposed to, but doing it in the wrong place too long and needing to know that. I guess just pivoting a little bit, how do you get to career recharge, right? What is those things that allow you go, I mean, this is how I recharge. I think this is one of my first kind of encouragements in terms of recharge. I think you need to know when it's time to go um, and when it's time to endure and to revise what you're doing, Right. JP, sometimes there is a situation where you need to revise it. You need to do something different. Maybe you need to have a new attitude or maybe you need to get better organized or, you know, maybe you just need to make some better connections in your place of employment, right? Like you have to create this thing in a different way than what you've already been doing it, right? So I think that's one way to do it. But there is a, a, a time at times where you've just outgrown it. That you have not, you've done everything that could be done. You've experienced everything to, that could be experienced. And now you've overstayed in this season um, and in this place because you're scared, right? Because you, you really are not in a position to where you you believe that something's going to be different. And so I say one thing that that I want to get across to the listener in this idea of recharge is when you learn how to pivot in the season that you're in with your time to know when to go, um, when to stay, and then when to revise, you'll find yourself much more refreshed and recharged because now you're living things on your own term. You're not just doing it because you get, you wake up and you get a paycheck the 15th and the 30th. So it's one of my first encouragements on how you create recharge. JP, what are some ways we can recharge ourselves in our career?
2: I was, again, using a cliche, but it would have negated what you just said previously. So instead of saying but, I'm saying and, okay? Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Um, Thanks. And you could also do some assessments. I think people don't pay enough attention to doing career assessments, right? Um, And with career assessments, there are aptitude tests. There's interest inventories that you can take. um, Some of them online. Some of them you pay for, just depending on what you want to do. And it will give you a readout and a printout on what you actually like. And again, things change over time. So what you like at 15, will be different at 30, we'll be different at 45. But on the whole scale, if you're in a job where you just feel drain, 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 a career where you drain, 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 and there's no recharge uh, from the career itself, or you don't feel as if you can recharge enough, you know, uh, by what you're doing or moving up that ladder, then you might need to figure out what it is you actually like and what you're actually good at, as well as what your personality lends to. Um, we don't take into account enough... I'll tell you, we don't take into account enough our personalities and if our personalities fits that occupation that we're doing. So if you're short-tempered and you want to be a bus driver in Los Angeles... that's probably not the place. Or Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? The traffic is bad. Or Chicago. Or Chicago. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't want to be a bus driver. Be a bus driver in Idaho. If you need slow pace, if you need it to be, you know, every stop is accounted for. Everybody says hi. They know their neighbors. Everything's good. Nobody's cutting off the bus, cursing you out, honking their horn. You may not need to, you know what I'm saying? So you just need, really, 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 really need to know yourself and know what you're capable of and stop trying to do things that just fit just because they fit or seen that they fit.
3: Good, good, yeah. And I would say, just along with knowing yourself and doing assessments, I would say doing the due diligence to have a vision for where you want to go. I think that a lot of times people will say, you know, they have these big dreams, they got these big plans on what they want to do with themselves, and they don't have it on paper, Mm -hmm. right? Vision board. I would just say, you know, people laugh at that, and I don't know why. um, There's this culture that's cynical towards a vision board. What are you gonna do? I mean, there's a a passage in the Bible that says people perish from a lack of vision, right? It's like they don't know where they're going, and if you're going to recharge, you have to start slowing down enough to get a a vision of where you're going. This this idea of I'm on a vision, and so yes, I would just say getting a clear plan and, and clear vision. And if you don't know, this is what I always say to my clients: experiment. Experiment around your hunches, right? So, you know, maybe you have a hunch that you could be a good musician or a hunch that you could be a good writer or a hunch that you could be this good thing. Experiment around it. See, does it give you energy? And see, does it inspire others um, to either pay you or to see transformation in a real undeniable way? be any other, uh, any practical things? Any more and practical? To help with career recharge. Yeah. And
2: get a good tribe. Um, you got to have people around you um, that can hold you accountable, that can step in and say, "Nah, I don't think that's a good idea. I've known you for X amount of time and I just don't think you need to be a coal miner. I just don't think that's the, I know they pay good money, but coal mining is probably not something that you want to do, you know, you so they can do what, you, what? I'm just saying.
3: A check- Shout out to all my coal miners no, out there. I feel Let's y'all. Y'all yeah.
2: make good bread, but it ain't for everybody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It ain't for everybody. Uh, and, you know, we're running out of appliances
3: that use coal. But anyway. Oh, um, there he is. Uh, <laughs> so. Y'all make sure y'all keep listening to this fight. If you a coal miner, keep listening to the podcast. We're going to help you get out of there, bro. You, listen, we got you. Go ahead. Go ahead we got Go ahead. you for real. Um, Yeah, so that's it. Just,
2: you know, just I don't want to, people to... Approach this matter um, Solo um, Just have somebody with you
3: Yeah if you listen to this And you say man This is a lot I am i don't even know Where to start This sounds like A lot of work um, And I need some real Significant help Just to start developing You know my hunches And just some whatnot um, JP what can the people do If they're listening And they say man I, I don't I want to start But I don't know where What can they do
2: Yeah there's a website You can go to uh, Buildabetterus.com Click on get involved then you will see an area where you can choose a life coach, choose a life coach and make your life great.
3: Yeah. Because our job is to help you become a better you so that we can become a better us.
1: Thank you for tuning in to the build a better us podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud or wherever podcasts are played. You too can become a part of the BBU nation today by continuing these discussions on social media. Be sure to go like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter at Build A Better Us, and on Instagram at BBU Social. To keep up with other exciting events and resources, visit our website at buildabetterus.com. On behalf of the entire BBU team, we'll see you next time on the Build A Better Us podcast.